Hello, everybody. Dave Hodges here. I'm the host of The Common Sense Show. We are the show that is freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. Thank you so much for joining us. We are here for the Doug and Dave Intel Report. And we're going to take a little different track, at least for the first portion of the show tonight. And this will probably air during daytime hours, but we're pre-recording late Thursday night in anticipation of a Friday morning release. Now, we're going to talk about predictive programming, what we see in Hollywood, what we see on TV with sitcoms or whatever it is, and how it shows up <coughs> in real life. And we call it predictive programming. A lot of people think it's a spiritual kind of law where the globalists, who are really Satanists, have to tell us in some form what's coming. I don't know if that's true, but that makes about as much sense as anything else I've heard. And if we have any time left over uh, in this interview, we will get a little bit into previewing what we're covering on our TV show. Is uh, Doug and I meet frequently on TV, and we've got a pretty interesting thing going on, but it is frightening. It's something that could actually send people under the bed at night. The first portion of our show is brought to you by Noble Gold. Don't do what so many people are doing, keeping all your money in the bank, thinking the system's fine, nothing wrong. You need to diversify. And I learned, after being an advertiser for Noble Gold for two years, they're the best at what they do. And I have been back four times for adjustments, and I feel like I'm pretty ready to go through what's coming. And I'll come through mostly unscathed. None of us are going to get through this without some kind of beating. We're going to take a beating. But do you want to come out the other side whole and intact and can support yourself? Or do you want to be like people in 1929 end up on Skid Row starving to death? You have a choice. Give Noble Gold a call. 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. And tell Dave Hodges of the Common Sense Show told you to call. Well, you know Doug Thornton. He's now getting to be an increasingly famous talk show host. And uh, you're saying, gee, I haven't seen that. I, I just published one of his shows on the border up on my website at thecommonsenshow.com. When we're done here, you're going to want to go check that out. But he's on Global Star Radio Network, and if you just put it into a search engine and put down America Vindicta, V-I-N-D-I-C-T-A, you're going to come to his show. And he's doing a really good job hitting the ground running. And um, he's a former Marine, former and now retired DHS agent. And so he brings a variety of experiences to the table and I would really encourage you to follow him there. But, Doug, I want to welcome to the show, and I cannot wait to get your views on predictive programming. I've got a few shows. Actually, there's a lot of shows that are predictive programming, and I just thought I'd let you start us off. What's your favorite example of predictive programming? Hey, Dave. Well, uh, everyone, thank you for listening, for starters. Yep. And I am uh, wildly popular uh, with, <laughs> with very few people, but I'm getting there. I'm climbing the airwaves. Uh, Dave, you know, the thing that stands out to the most to me with predictive programming, there's two ways to look at it. Is it military? Well, I'll say three ways. Is it military? Is it political? Or is it fantastical? If it's fantastical, it's the walking dead. The Walking Dead covers so many different avenues of approach of just how dystopian uh, the world can get. And it shows you the elements of the depravity of man that knows no bounds. The next one, let's talk about political. Uh, 
and I'm sure you're going to want to talk about this, but let me let me hit these two real quick. The next one politically, I would say, would be uh, the last survivor. Is that it? Michael Keaton? No, it's not Michael Keaton. I've never yeah. seen that show, but but let me comment on the Walking Dead. Tell people what the show is in case they've not seen it. What's the basic plot? So The Walking Dead is the zombie apocalypse. Uh, it's a, mm-hmm. very well made. I mean, it went on for at least, you know, my goodness, I don't know, went on for at least 10 years or more. And now they have spinoff episodes of it. And it really captured America for a while. And everything was zombie this and zombie that. Uh, but what's interesting about it is that it's a zombie-like plague virus, but everyone who ended up dying became reanimated and became a zombie. So what the I think what it ended up being was there was something in the air that was affecting people. Uh, so some sort of an aerosolized virus. You know, not just the fact that you could be scratched or bit by a zombie and turn into one, but there was already something infecting the cells within the bodies of the survivors anyways. But it's, it's interesting because you see people who are, you know, they form communities, and within those communities, there are serious societal problems that are brought up. Uh, you know, estranged marriages, you have uh, children that are involved, violent people, people who are drunk, people who have some sort of psychosis problems. And these are the everyday types of events that you're going to get when you have this post-apocalyptic style uh, scenario. We're not going to have everyone holding hands and singing Kumbaya as you know the aliens invade. People are still going to have problems. Society is still going to have problems. If anything, society is going to be three times worse than what we see now. And I covered a lot of this on my show today, by the way. And we're not even talking about the serial killers yet, but we'll get on that later. But the thing about The Walking Dead, that's the whole theme, is it's it's mainly out of Georgia. It's where it starts with. I don't suggest Christians to watch it. I don't suggest very many secular people to watch it. Uh, I did watch a, uh, about a season or two, and it's just the gore and all that. I'm not into that. That's just it's too much for me. Uh, but you know, it does make for good TV. But what's interesting about it is that it started a genre where people started naming other groups of people as the zombies. The left over there, though, are the zombies. The people who are vaccinated over there, though, are the zombies. So what did it do? The predictive programming programmed people in a time that you could have predicted. People now address other people as roving gangs of zombies. The mass police, uh, the the woke culture. You, you know where I'm going. Uh, the other one, uh, I believe it's the, uh, the last survivor. Uh, and it has to do with the typical when Congress gets together and all the Senate and the President and everybody. You always have one uh, person who is in charge of some government agency that's drawn out of the hat, and they go sit somewhere else away from the White House just in case. Oh, designated nuclear... survivor. Before, yeah, that's before it. you that's... go there, before you go there, I want to comment on the the zombie. Um, I know you know this because I think we've talked about this before. Off the coast of San Diego about eight, nine years ago, DHS and the military did a zombie killing drill where they had people as crisis actors dress up and act like zombies and they were shot and killed. And uh, it was some kind of training exercise, but details were not readily available. 
And I thought, how weird. This was also dug at the same time that my FEMA friend was on the verge of bugging out. And he told me, and his, his specialty was uh, counter bioterrorism. And he told me, we have stuff the world does not know. And he said, they can sprinkle a little dust on you from the sky and make you go absolutely crazy. And I go, OMG. And then the bath salt thing came about. Uh, but we have, according to this source, the ability to make people act like zombies. And we also can do electromagnetic stimulation of the brain, a la Jose Delgado from 1961, and produce many of the same effects. So when you talk about the zombie apocalypse, um, it's documented we can duplicate this with technology and biochemically as well as electromagnetically. Well, also the other thing is frequencies. You can use well, that's what I'm talking levels. about, electromagnetically, frequencies. Yeah, the, and, and you know, the military has stuff like that. Uh, the military does have different types of frequencies or microwave-like devices uh, that will you know make you feel like you're you it, it heats up the particles the water particles that are inside your body it makes you feel like you're you're melting or itching horrifically from the inside and you just want to run and scream i i've slightly experienced it it does suck uh yeah i mean we you know just look at covid look at the fact that we have gain of research uh that is going on We've been paying for it. We, the American taxpayer, uh, the American taxpayers, have been paying for it. Fauci has funded it, and we don't know what else China has done. China is a black hole of research. You know, they created an artificial brain there. Uh, there's a, tr a tremendous different amounts of different types of AI that is being developed and being in use there. And we also have the social credit score. Now we have all these different viruses. And they have real-life gulags. They have real-life uh, concentration camps where they experiment on people. They experiment on their own people <clears throat> or they experiment on you know, political dissidents. And the world doesn't get to know anything about it until you know the COVID incident happens. What if it wasn't the COVID incident, Dave? What if it was the Walking Dead-style apocalypse? I think it's entirely possible. I really do. And if you look at like Netflix and these other minor streaming channels, they're obsessed with this zombie thing. I mean, there, there must be 10, 15 of these shows out there and they're always the same, always the same. You shoot them and kill them, but they keep coming and then they kill you and consume you and you become one of them when you run out of ammunition. That's, that's the constant theme and there's no plot. It's just, here they come. And they're just relentless. So, you know, uh, yeah, I think I think it's a real possibility. Yeah, the real theme behind any zombie apocalypse-like movie is the fear of people, and it's turning people into monsters. That's the real, that's the real fear there when you think about it. Because if everyone has this affinity with zombies, what did we think about the protests and the riots recently? Mm-hmm. I agree. You know, I would I would take the zombies over the the mob who's willing to kill, loot, and destroy everything around them. You know, that's that. At least the, the zombies don't see politics. Hopefully, if they're politically motivated zombies, Dave, I'm I'm going to Mars with Elon. I can't do that. <laughs> I can't do woke zombies. Um, yeah. In my younger days, I think I dated a couple, but I outgrew that. 
But today's world, in all seriousness, I can see this becoming a reality. There was actually a two-year show called 13. I don't know if you ever saw that. Mm -hmm. um, did you ever see that? Yeah, I saw it. The first year was pretty well done. The second year was a total disaster. It was the worst entertainment I ever saw. But the first year was pretty good. Well, in the second year, what was terrible, the one redeeming thing they had is they had the ability in that show to turn people into absolute crazed creatures that would riot for no reason. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. And then they could turn it off. And then they could kill them in mass. Well, I know from what I've been told by my former FEMA friend, counterterrorism expert, he said those weapons exist. So well, um, I don't know what you know about that. I don't even know if you could talk about that if you knew, but I do know for a fact he told me about this. And You know what he said the trigger was, Doug? This was really interesting. I said, so what's going to make them deploy these weapons? Question asked in 2012. And he said, the rising tide of populism and awareness in this country about what's really going on. Think about the year, 2012. Mitt Romney was just defeated because he told me this about a month after the election. Mitt Romney was just defeated. Barack Obama is going to get a second term. And they were worried about populism. But at the same year, it was um, Zygmunt Brzezinski, the globalist globalist, um, co-creator of the Trilateral Commission, uh, Barack Obama's Soviet studies teacher at Occidental College, kid you not. Um, and he said that easier to can kill a million people than control them as were 10 years before he said it was easier to do the opposite and he said people are waking up and this seems to be the theme now cycle forward 2016 here comes donald trump make america great again um that's real populism i think we're on a collision course with this and i kind of think we're on a progressive scale of increased bio warfare with each successive attack being worse than the previous well, you know, this is, a, this is a key thing about all this. The Democrats are going to use any of these type of bioweapons, any of these type of sci-fi futuristic-like weapons to send America into a dystopian nightmare. And it's all going to happen when they start to lose control. They're really close to gaining total control, but we see the red wave coming, and so do they, Dave. So they have a few few avenues here get out of the way or get flooded i think these people are going to do whatever they can to stop the wave and honestly man the best way to stop it it's not really voting it's just blacking out america and making everyone panic and go into chaos because then we'll take care of ourselves the elite the elite will be protected we the people we will not be we'll be fighting each other calling each other zombies saying look there's the enemy over there and then insert a few boogeymans here and there along the way like a good dystopian government would. And America will effectively be at endless war until there's no one left. Mm -hmm. I think that's as logical as anything else. So I think we've kind of exhausted The Walking Dead. But I, I never really watched the show. I'd see clips. But I'm familiar with the concept. And I, I think that was a really good observation. Now, you mentioned a second one. Um and I cut you off, and I apologize. I'm having a Biden moment. I forgot which one you were going to. Uh, designated Survivor. There you go, yes. With Kiefer That's Sutherland, a great actor. 
Yeah, that's one that actually, uh, you know, that that has a lot of realistic um, government contingencies in it. And even though it may be a bit fantastical, it's really not when you think about it. Because, you know, when you talk about nation states who have the ability to use nuclear ordnance against another nation state, you got to put a lot of these uh, different plans on the table. And, you know, just the what ifs need to be covered at least. And within the show, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, he was the director of HUD, uh, Urban House uh, Development. And uh, he sucked. He was brand new at, uh, at being the director. No one really liked him. No one really knew about him. I mean, it's HUD. You know, HUD doesn't really and do anything. And it came anything. out the president was going to fire him. Right. And then, bam, nuclear weapon goes off. And I, I don't, I didn't follow too, too much into it, but... I think they were talking about how they don't know how it went off because it wasn't a nuclear strike. It was a bomb that was planted. Exactly. It was an inside and, job. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and once again, the inside jobs, the JFKs, you know, this, uh, these contingencies are out there. They're out there for a reason because history shows us that sometimes it happens. Abraham Lincoln, you know, JFK, Ronald Reagan, there's a lot of presidents who have been attacked, some da- uh, some died, and uh, the government has to have plans for that. But, you know, what better way to get America thinking that there will be an inside job and supplanting these, uh, these little bitty notes in people's minds to let them think, hey, there's a group out there that wants to kill the president hey, there's a group out there that's planning all these things. Hey, the FBI is diligently going after these people to keep America safe. And I present to you January 6th. <laughs> I can't disagree with you. It's like, it's you can't make this stuff up, man. You know, it's like they, they took all these movies and they just said, man, this is a really good movie. Let's try this one and see if we can trick the American people. Um, so far, unfortunately, it's worked, but up until I think I think it took Trump losing the election, the illegal election. I think it took Trump losing it uh, for a, a generous portion of America who were on the fence to wake up. I think uh, the the rioting, the George Floyd uh, stuff, uh, you know, Biden being probably one of the most embarrassing presidents you've ever seen in your life. I think it took all this to wake America up. Now, you can say that this is God uh, giving us a second chance for people to wake up, uh, to repent, and to, you know, be better people, be better neighbors, uh, and protect their country. Uh, and, you know, I I would like to say that that's true, but I I don't know. I'm a I'm a pragmatist, but I'm also a pessimist. I see the uh, the bad side of reality constantly, and what I see is just once again, just like within Designated Survivor, I can easily see them bombing the Capitol. I can easily see them bombing uh, the Supreme Court or you know wherever else. They're not going to attack the Smithsonian. They're not going to attack the World War II. Uh, museums. They're not going to attack any of these other places of art. They're going to attack the political houses. That, and here's the reason why. Think about this. If you were a terrorist, 
why not attack a place that has you know untold amount of treasure that we can't really put a a numerical dollar value on it's just precious to have have the stuff we have in the smithsonian museum even if we may or may not have stolen some of it but why not attack that well because it does not change the the way the government would work during a continuity of operations uh it, it wouldn't change the way the politicians can take advantage of the system if anything it would just be a nuisance so you know that's that's the way I, I think whenever I see a lot of these coups, quote unquote coups being thrown around, or these riots or these protests, I always look at what's being targeted. Well, during all the protests this year, everything that was mainly targeted by Antifa and Black Lives Matter were the major shopping areas where people congregate mm-hmm. and banks. Banks were a huge target of opportunity. It's a I wouldn't say a soft target, but you know, banks typically don't have armed guards, and it's just a giant, you know, building with money in it. If you can get into it, uh, those were the targets of opportunity. It wasn't really the you know the Republicans, or it wasn't the Democrats, it wasn't the random individuals. So that tells me that the riots, the protests, were really steered. They were really guided into something, and it's that type of thinking from the George Soros Foundation who are the same people who would probably more than willing pay some crooked senator or congressman or whatever double agent to plant a dirty bomb within the Capitol. I could I could fully accept that if that happened. Yeah, and Not then, accept plus, it like uh, it. I could, Keith I, I could Sutherland fully... was the uh, victim of an attempted assassination, too, when he was president. He was shot in the chest. Yep in that show I, I i totally agree and there was a rogue state that wouldn't follow his directions which were totally legal and it was michigan and the governor was male but he acted like whitmer it was in parallels were incredible <clears throat> and this was years before the pandemic mm-hmm. so I, I i i thought that was all fascinating that's a good example it really is and um the deep state was pretty deep in that show it really was. Yeah. Um, I'm one of those people that believes that General Flynn's a double agent plays for both sides. And they had a General Flynn in there. Not by name. I forget the actor's name or the character he played. But they had a similar concept in there. And it was really amazing. So that's a good example. I hadn't even thought about Designated Survivor. But I did watch a little bit of it. Um, I got one for you. Okay. And it's my favorite show Ever. On, on TV for predictive programming and it's uh, The Last Ship and uh, the show would still I think be on I think uh, but the actor they said kept getting depressed or did it run its course the show starts out with a major pandemic and it kills 80% of the people on the planet okay this sounds familiar and The Last Ship survives and so does some Russians and some Chinese and there are pockets of resistance, but nation states fail to survive. And so everything goes back to kind of like tribal and whatever military unit you're with, if you survived, you were there. They also had a group called the Immunes, about 10% of the population that when exposed to this deadly virus would not succumb. And they developed 
a vaccine. And here's the interesting thing about this, Doug. At first, the vaccine had to be injected, but very quickly after they discovered, if you just got up close and breathed on someone and you were vaccinated, they were vaccinated too. They described the shedding process in the last ship. It was incredible. And there were things in there, they had like FEMA camps for like uh, quasi parts of our military that survived and terrible, terrible, terrible treatment of people became very autocratic, burning bodies for fuel, that kind of thing. If they came down with a virus, they were burned. And I don't know if they were burned alive. I don't remember that part, but it was incredible. But that was the first couple of seasons. And then they moved into starvation mode. They're trying to rebuild America, uh, regional conflicts, but they got uh, something that was made that attacked the plants. And I think we're going to see this, Doug. I really do. I think they, they did something where someone developed something in a laboratory that went out and caused global famine and stuff didn't grow. And a tremendous amount of the population starved to death. That's and, right. And then the last part they had in the last ship which was, by the way, they, we had a war with China. It was a regional war with China. We also had a conflict with Russia. But the last thing they had was Red Dawn invasion. South and some Central American forces banded together under extremists and attacked the United States as it was rebuilding. And the fleet was headquartered in Florida and they were attacked by the air. And then here comes the land army. And so it was all about repulsing this uh, Red Dawn kind of invasion. They covered a lot of territory. And the producer was Michael Bay. And he always does high-profile movies. I don't think he's ever done a TV show before. People wanted this out for predictive programming. And they chose a great producer to put it out there. Well, I, I think the one of the interesting things about Lone Survivor is that once again, it hits one of the, the major talking points about of the New World Order, which is depopulation. By any means necessary. Depopulation and the destruction of freedoms and of boundaries and borders. You know, within the show, it was, it was very well dramatized. I watched several episodes of it. And, you know, it was, it was very well dramatized that as a military guy, you know, some of it's kind of cringeworthy to watch here and there, but uh, it made for good TV as long as you could take yourself out of the element and just, you know, sit back and just watch what happens. Uh, you know, I always like to put myself in the shoes of the scene. I always like to say, man, if this was happening, what would I do? Uh, you know, if you were stuck on a ship and 80% of the world had died uh, because of this virus, you know, you come across other ships that are also infected. You know, what is your choice? Sink the ship or try and find a cure and save the people on that ship? You know, do you want to go back to shore and try and, you know, replant, repopulate, and eventually come across maybe sick people who are still passing the virus, thus killing yourself? You know, it, it, mm -hmm. it, it really causes a paranoia of, hey, we need to get off this ship. We're going to start killing each other. And then people going, well, if we do that, then we may get infected, then we may all die anyways. And, you know, it, and that is a, that is kind of a duality of man. You know, we're, we're constantly fighting against ourselves. And uh, I, I like these shows. Um, 
I, I wish it was still running, but uh, I, I like these kind of shows. They they show, at least they try to show the world that there is good and there is bad, and then there is a gray zone that you will be most subjected to. And that gray zone is when it's post-apocalyptic, there's no more laws, there's very little uh, humans acting you know, humanely. What is considered right and wrong and when are you pushing the line for survival? Shows like this, they, they tell you where the lines are. At least they try to. Michael Bay did a good job. And it does, it does make you wonder why he would make a TV series one time and never do it again unless he just got bored with it and hated it. Never did it before either. Yeah. He's an accomplished producer. He is as good as they get. And I was shocked. By the way, the management of the naval scenes was second to none. And, uh, you know, and I'm not making that judgment. Naval people I talked to, people that served on combat information centers, on warships, they said the attention to detail about how the discipline would go, the way orders are conveyed, they said that show was second to none. It was very realistic. And um, it, just, it just tells you they wanted this out there for a reason. And what did they promote? They promoted vaccine, shedding, breakdown of nation states starvation and red dawn invasion they covered the full gamut yeah they did and you know the the thing i find the funniest and uh, <laughs> uh i'll go back to walking dead being the most realistic for grunginess and people being dirty uh is a lot of these shows you see the characters they look like they're always freshly shaved they look like they're always clean, even when they're out in some sort of a combative like like issue. You know, I, I don't know who it is that's running the sets, but you know, people are going to get sweaty and dirty and stinky. Show us, you know, make it make it a little more realistic. Hmm. I agree. I agree. Um. You got another one. You there, Dave? Y- yeah, I'm here. Do you do you have another one? Oh, hey, I lost you there for a second. We're good. I think we have just a second cut out here, but um, you want to take the next show? Yeah. Uh, let me see. The next one, I don't know. It's it's a doozy, but uh, Man in the, in the High Castle. Oh, I love that show for a lot of reasons. Go ahead. This, this is really good. Man in the High Castle is one of those shows where people are paying attention to politics now and inserted it into the, into the, you know, the forties and fifties. And, uh, it, I don't know. I think one thing that's very interesting about that show is that after the Nazis won world war two and Japan takes over the West coast, the Nazis take over the East coast in the middle of America is just it's wild wild west anything goes and there's a gray zone there where you know the japanese and the nazis they barely they barely you know ever really visit but in the areas where the nazis are they try to be this uppity class of people and they're constantly killing each other and then on the japanese side they are They are very much authoritarian to the point that that is the way communism looks. If you want to see the way communism will be ran in America, 
watch the man in the high castle and pay attention to how the Japanese take over the entire East Coast and the way they act. You mean the West that Coast? That is, or, yeah, the yeah, West they Coast. Took the, and the Germans took the East, yeah. Yeah, that is the way Vietnam was. That That's the way Cambodia was. That, that's the way China is. Uh, we're talking about people that are, are true blue communists. They just round people up and shoot them. Ah, that'll teach the rest of them not to protest again. That's something I've said all the time. All you people who love to go out there in Wokeville and protest the government, uh, go to China and try that. Let me know how that goes for you. Uh, I would have I, them look up something first called Tank Man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's a tragedy. This is and this is one of the interesting things also about uh, about Man in the High Castle. They kind of predicted the Black Lives Matter radical movement. In in that group, there is a group of people who appear uh, later later within the uh, the seasons, and it's the Black Communist Group. Uh, gosh, I can't remember what, what their name was, uh, but they you know they they had a group of people who came together. And uh, we're working with other freedom fighters, quote unquote, freedom fighters. And but they all ended up becoming communist. And what do we see right now with Black Lives Matter? The three women who created it, they're all Marxists. They want communism. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, I know when me and some of the guys at work, we, we, we were watching this uh, on deployments and we saw it I'm like, holy crap. <laughs> Doesn't that look familiar? Uh, it, it's it's interesting how you have politics that will always insert itself in these sci-fi dystopian-like movies because they're planting the seeds. Once again, they're planting the seeds. Uh, you know, within The Man in the High Castle, I thought it's probably one of the best, most well-done TV series ever done, ever. Uh, it was it was on par for a lot of different things. There were some things here and there that I could have done without, uh, but for the most part, the uh, the science fiction was spot on. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, but, I, it was it was very very well done. I totally agree. And uh, the Nazi part, let's not forget about that. They showed how well Hitler and Hitler's descendants had the reach into the American Nazi party and how really I, a lot of people like Jim Mars, late Jim Mars would tell you, he wrote a book called the fourth Reich and said the Germans actually won the war because they took over America because mm -hmm. we brought so many of them here and put them in key positions. And that showed the transfer of being a Nazi in Germany to America. Well, what's it, what's interesting on the Nazi side, right? Is that when the Nazis won, the U.S. military, basically a ceasefire was called, and the U.S. military was given a opportunity to put on the swastika or to basically round it up and killed. And what's interesting is the way the director showed it in the movie or the, the TV series is somewhere around 80 to 90 percent ended up putting on the swastika. Now, when you talk about predictive programming, think about it like this. 
if the Chinese were to invade, we lost a war for whatever reason. Let's just use the power grid, all right? That's the, that's a very, very easy thing. If the EMP hits and people are worried about their families, they're worried about food, uh, they're worried about the normal days of life, and China says, hey, we have power and we have the power. You can join us and continue to survive, or you cannot. Here's your choice. Put this arm sleeve on. Let me know in five minutes. I think it would surprise people just how many people would be willing to put on the uh, the the communist hammer and sickle just to save their own skin. Uh, me personally, I would never do that. I wouldn't suggest anyone to do that. But then again, there's a lot of people out there, and you know, I I know that. COVID and the vaccine has really divided America, but look at how many people still say there's no science behind it. Why are we pushing this? And then you have other people who say, well, the science is Dr. Fauci and Dr. Fauci is God. So we're just going to listen to him. Yeah. Yeah. No evidence. And now it's coming out that it's actually pretty dang bad for you. Or here's the evidence uh, that's made up by Dr. Fauci who also paid for this Frankenstein virus. So we're just going to go with him. You know, Americans completely divided themselves very quickly. And I think it's a beta test. I think it was a huge and successful beta test. And would you say, Dave, that these type of shows uh, is a way to, I guess you could say, catalog the change in the mood of America? Uh, a way to use a, a litmus test of, all right, Americans are less patriotic this year. They're more patriotic this year. Maybe the more patriotic year that we've gotten out of these TV shows, maybe this isn't the time to start the new world order. We'll wait until, you know, we get the, the less patriotic group. Yes. Um, uh, predictive programming normalizes what's not normal. And then it projects you into the future based on that abnormality. And I think you're capturing it right there. I really do. I think I think you're making a really, really good point. we got to step aside for just a second here. We've got to get in a couple of words from our sponsors before we go further with the Doug and Dave Intel Report. And it's attention to the art of predictive programming. Uh, I say this so I'm blue in the face. I'm just going to say it this way. Do you want to trust your fate and the fate of your family to a government that left over a thousand Americans behind enemy lines? I hope not. That means you need storable food. You need food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. Start with the food. MPS still delivering. Hyperinflation hasn't t totally taken hold. When it does, game's over. We're not buying anything. But right now, you have a chance to get the storable food you need. The 90-day emergency kit bug-out special, $100 off. It's a great price. And people say, Dave, you said we need two years. DHS says six months. Yes, order in 90-day increments, and you'll get the sale all the way through. 25-year shelf life, restaurant quality, 2,000 calories per day. Preparewithdave.com is where you want to go. That's preparewithdave.com. And then finally, sat phones. Communications are going to be taken down because what the government, I think, is going to do initially is try to see how many of us will kill each other by causing extreme resource deprivation and cutting off the cities, continuity of government style of tactics. 
And uh, the question I have for you is, are you going to be able to communicate when the, when the takedown comes? They'll take down your cell phone. They'll take down the Internet. Uh, a sat phone is a good alternative. You can bug out, and you might be able to take you know, your shortwave radio with you, but this is a whole lot more convenient. And also, too, it's practical in today's society. If you're driving in a remote area with bad reception, car breaks down, you don't dare get out of your car, all you need is the sky with a sat phone. So this is why we love the sat phone. And the third reason, we have an emergency message system. Steve Quayle, Dave Hodges, et al., Mike Adams, Doug Hagman, we're all giving emergency alerts out every single day. And you know why we're doing that, folks? We're doing it simply because of the fact we're trying to get the public condition to one day we may all be gone in terms of our domains, but we can communicate with you this way. It's called the Galileo system. And so you really want to look into this. And uh, how do you get your sat phone? How do you get started? Because it's inexpensive. It's one-fourth the cost of my cell phone. Well, you call 855-980-5830. Again, write this number down, 855-980-5830. And tell the good people there at the Satellite Phone Store that Dave Hodges from the Common Sense Show told you to call. We're talking with um, Doug Thornton. And uh, we're talking about predictive programming here in the Doug and Dave Intel Report. Doug, let me give you one of my favorites. <clears throat> Colony. Are you familiar with the show? I am a little bit. Yeah, there's not really a lot to say except what we have. The aliens came to Earth, and the show is not about aliens. The aliens only set everything into motion that we see, but they're not really part of the show. Um what happens is the aliens turn over the management of the earth of the survivors to obedient high-tech extremely brutal martial law kill you on the spot kind of thing kind of like what we see is in the man in the high castle with that extreme brutal uh, ruling force that we saw from both the nazis and the japanese in that show we see that here drones carried out the justice if you were out after curfew they vaporized you if you had a weapon, they vaporized you. You were limited on your food. You basically were rationed on your food. Eggs was a delicacy. And there was a rebellion movement. So you basically had the Democratic Party along with like the deep state running society for the aliens. And that's what the show focused on. And then there was a resistance movement where people said, up your nose with a rubber hose, we're not going to go along with this. And the show was about the resistance against authority. And what would cause someone to collaborate? What would cause someone to jump sides? Um, you got anything to add to that show? Because I really enjoyed it. I, I think, once again, if we talk about predictive program, programming, aliens. One of these days, the, the elitists are going to run out of rabbits in their hat. And they're going to have to pull one of the donkeys out. And it's going to be the alien card. I've... Mm-hmm. I, I so strongly believe that when we get to where we're going to have this epic nuclear war with each other, just like George Bush Sr. said, we're going to have a threat from out of the skies, from off this planet, who's going to come, threaten the world, and then we're all going to gather together in one new world order to face the new threat. Of course, I think he was talking about Jesus uh, and he's referring to Satan, but you know, that's just me. I'm a Christian. 
I, I see the alien threat as one of those uh, vexing topics with people because, honestly, there are things that we can't explain, and then there's a lot of uh, hyperbole in between, a lot of theories, but one thing we can all agree on is that if you get too close to the, the aliens, if you get to where you're too close to the uh, alien technology or the spaceships or communications with them, you're going to have a knock on the door from someone like me who's going to come and question you or make you stop. So <laughs> if it was such a phenomenon that we don't know, if the government tells me, oh, there's no aliens, there's no proof of life out there, well, I just had them crash into the tree in my backyard. You want to meet them? Yeah. Isn't, isn't that important? Why would you want to come kill me for it? So I think whatever it is, when it eventually comes up with the whole alien thing, I don't think we're going to be surprised when the government is thick as thieves with them. Well, I just interviewed last week one of my favorite people. And um, his specialty is aliens. And in particular, it's the Nephium. You know who I'm talking about? Nope, who? I'll give you another clue. His wife's name is, I believe it's Connie. Hmm. L.A. Marzulli. Oh, God. Peggy. Peggy, oh, yeah. Peggy, that's right. That's Connie. Where I, that love, I love Peggy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, L.A. is one of my favorite guys to interview. Oh, yeah. And uh, he maintains, and, and I believe it's biblical, and I've asked uh, a lot of religious historians about this. The Nephilim survived the flood, the bloodline. It's still here today. And it's kind of an us versus them. And they look at us as regular descendants of the Almighty as uh, being scum of the earth, and they hate us. And this is really the major conflict that we're looking at here today. And I think at the end of the day, uh, you're right. Now, L.A. maintains that they're among us because they always have been among us. They work beside us and whatever, and they know their identity, they know who they are, and they know they're taking over, and they know they're going to try to exterminate us. And a fascinating interview, and it's over at the commonsenseshow.tv. Um, and, and I don't know, what do you think about that? Being that I, I, I'm a Christian, I try to look through the world uh, through not just the eyes of my own experience, but I do look through the world with a biblical lens. I give a higher amount of credibility to people like Ellie Marzulli or Steve Quayle that the Raphaim, the Nephilim, uh, the fallen angels, the watchers, their prodigy uh, are probably one of the biggest reasons why, ha why we have the problems in the world right now. I wouldn't be surprised if bloodlines of world leaders also can trace the roots back to some of these prodigy. That's that's what I believe. Yeah, well, Genesis 6, my friend, is the origin point. Um, and uh, like I said, people should check out that interview over at the commonsenseshow.tv. And we have a little bit that. There was a show called, I think it was called V. You know, and my old friend, Andy DeRiso, who's our news director for six and a half years, she introduced me to the show, but it was morphing aliens into human form and putting them amongst us and they were directing humanity towards self-destruction and um that to me i think that's a real real common theme but i do agree with you about the project blue beam concept that even if the aliens aren't really aliens and they're fallen angels which i believe them to be 
um, they still operate as aliens or ETs. And I think we're going to see Project Bluebeam. Are you familiar with that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it all revolves around the Great Deception. Yeah, right. It, bingo. And L.A. and I talked about that. I said, L.A., is this the Great Deception? And he didn't hesitate. He said, absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we we are the, like, look at just how many First Nations people that are out there who say they're descended from the Sky Fathers or the Sky Children. Correct. Uh, you know, almost every type of uh, pagan worshiping uh, religion that was out there, they almost all have the same sort of origins with these uh, godlike people who came from the skies on some sort of a ship, and they all have some sort of a technology with them. The show Ancient Aliens eh, kind of covers some of this a little bit, but they, they go really sideways with me on it. But I say that uh, you know guys like Tim Alberino, there's another guy who knows his stuff when it comes to this. Interviewing him uh, in the next few days, yes. Uh, uh, ex, I, 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 used to, I shared a stage with him uh, in Steve Quayle's conference at Branson. What a great informer of information he is. Oh, yeah. One of my favorite people. Yeah. Uh, you know, these and here's the thing, you know, guys like Tim and Steve in L.A., they are targeted by the woke culture. People don't understand the the cutthroatness of this business. When you try to get this type of information out to we the people and out to the Christian community, and we're really waking up Christians who, who don't know their own history or who don't know world history as the way that you know it should have been taught uh it's funny how many people will try to stop the work that these guys are doing you know just how many people will try to infiltrate or who will try to uh you know otherwise mingle with uh whenever you go to interview tim ask him what about the trip to peru that we're on and ask him about how we met a few people who were representatives of the vatican and you were on that trip. Yes. You and I are going to do an interview on this. <laughs> Thank you for volunteering. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you and I are going to do an interview on this, my friend, because you were there and saw it firsthand. Wow. We'll get Tim's perspective. We'll get your perspective. Uh, was Steve there, Steve Quayle? Oh, yeah. Yep. yep. Oh, that my was, goodness gracious. That was, that was their big thing. <laughs> I'm three it for was, three. It, I'm three yeah, for three it here. Was, it was amazing. The, the top information that Steve has and that Tim has and that they've thrown together for the True Legends conferences, uh, and you know, a, a quick plug-in for, for Steve and Tim, check out what these guys are doing. Check out their books. Check out their videos. It is knowledge that I think as a Christian, you're, you're being robbed of uh, at a lot of these mainline churches. They're not right. getting this information out to the Christians. You need to know the history of the things that we fight that are not, you know, of a physical nature. Uh, so please support these guys and what they do. Uh, here's another one that I want to touch because I've been doing a whole week of EMP. What's your favorite EMP TV series? Revolution. Exactly. I I love <clears throat> I love the fact that eventually, when the EMP pops, we're going to go back to sword fighting. I think that's epic. I, I, I have an axe right oh, behind uh, me just for that very reason. I'll watch on the sidelines. Okay. <laughs> I'll hide under the stairwell with, well, my, uh, what, with my 12 gauge. Here's what's interesting is that in this TV series, what's the one thing that they take away from every American? Guns. 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 Yeah. Took them all away. 
So now the the art of chivalry is back, and everyone's out there fencing each other. And I mean, it's it's ridiculous. It's fantastical. But let's talk about EMP just for a second. I want to segue. We got about two oh. minutes left. Okay, I want to I want to segue, and I want people to understand this. Uh, when it when it comes to all this type of stuff, uh, and it comes to the grid down, everything within society falls onto each other and interlocks with each other. And the moment we have one thing go down, everything goes down. If the if the guys who refuel the telecommunications center, if they don't get paid, if their gas can't come out of the ground, if they can't get food in their bellies for their families, then comms goes down. So many facets of our life are affected from any type of grid down scenario. Make sure you're prepared for it. And everything that we've talked about, there is an element of preparedness for all of it. Yes. It's self, self-awareness, situational awareness, being physically fit, having the food, having the communication, having a little bit of gold and silver and cash on the hand, having your guns because it's a God-given right in this country. Have them while you still can, but also have it in your heart that you may have to use it. Um, I could not agree with you more. I think that's really, really well put. Well, Doug, let's review again how people can follow your really good show. And like the heck, that is uh, Immigration Show Up at thecommonsenseshow.com. You want to go look at it. And we do a lot on thecommonsenseshow.tv together. You're going to want to sign up for that as well, too. And I don't think we're done with predictive programming. I think we just scratched the surface. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you got a show you want us to cover... Send it to me, Dave Hodges, thecommonsenseshow.com, and oh, yeah, we'll, we'll yeah. do another show. But yeah, Dave, real quickly, tell people how they can follow your good work. Hey, uh, American Vindicta, that's my show. It's on Global <laughs> Star Radio at 11 p.m. Eastern. Come hang out. Yeah, but they also have archives. So you say, oh, 11 p.m., and I'm in New York. That's oh, awful. Oh, late. yeah, yeah. Okay, no, yeah what, archives. Tonight was episode 22, so you can go to the archives. And you can uh, check out one all the way through 22. I suggest just start with one, and you'll just hear how much better I get throughout it. Uh, and please <laughs> share the information. Uh, share what I'm talking about. And it's not, you know, what I'm doing is not for me. It's for you. It's for your preparedness. That is the biggest key because I want America to be prepared for whenever China, Russia, the Civil War, Armageddon, whatever it is. I want the people who are going to be left and right of me in America to be prepared. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, those are words that are very well spoken. But you bring such a unique background. I don't think there's anyone like you out there right now. I'm serious. I mean, Dan Bongino does a great job. But you are a Marine, a contractor, and DHS. You've been on the border. You've been to Portland. You fought Antifa. You have fought these thugs. That's what I think makes your show so compelling. So, folks, just put Global Star into your uh, search engine and look for American Vindicta. Doug, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I had a lot of fun. This was a really quick hour, and we'll do it again. Thanks a lot, Doug. Thanks, Dave. Take care.